Hello, hello. I'm Andrew Van, and this is the Media Diary Podcast, where I talk about the movies, music, anime, what have you, that recently caught my attention and I wanted to share my opinions on. For today's episode, we're going to be doing another seasonal anime roundup, where I watch the first couple episodes of newly airing shows and go over my thoughts on them. This time around, we'll be covering the following anime from the spring 2022 season. Aharensan is indecipherable. Spy Family, Deaimon, A Couple of Cuckoes, Summertime Rendering, and Shikamori's Not Just Cute. As always, these are just my first impressions and not the final word on any of these series' worth. Shows can change over the course of their run, and your taste may be vastly different from mine. So, let's jump right into it, starting with Aharensan is Indecipherable. This show has an extremely similar premise to Komi Can't Communicate from last year, in that a male student ends up sitting next to a female student who has communication issues, and tries to help her navigate that. In this case, the titular Aharensan has an itty-bitty teeny-weeny voice that nobody can hear, which goes with her diminutive stature. Seriously, she is drawn like a fucking infant, and thank shit I haven't caught a whiff of sexualization during these initial episodes, though I'm sure the ASMR crowd are getting their mileage out of all the lip flaps in this series. It's kind of difficult for me to make an assessment of this show overall. I think it's a lot more grounded and less sexual than Komi-san, but it can also be pretty dry at times as well. Well, there's a show from a number of years ago called Seki-kun Master of Killing Time about two kids in the back corner of the classroom who get into all kind of weird shit when nobody's watching. And this show kind of reminds me of that without the surreal aspects and functioning purely on moe appeal. And so it just kind of ends up being a very passable, inoffensive anime. Next up, I'm going to talk about Spy Family, or Spy X Family. I'm never sure if you're supposed to pronounce X's in anime. I know you don't for Hunter Hunter, but that X is still there. Premise for this is that a notorious master spy known as Twilight needs to impersonate a family man for his latest mission. Unbeknownst to him, the woman that he is getting to play his wife is also using him as a cover because she is a trained assassin, whereas their adopted daughter is psychic and constantly trying to use her mind-reading powers to keep from being abandoned and sent back to the orphanage. Orphanage. All the characters have really big, fleshed-out personalities that are easy to like and play off of each other really well. The secrecy dynamic actually ends up reminding me a lot of Kaguya-sama Love is War, with the psychic daughter Arya kind of playing both the role of omniscient narrator and awkward third wheel thanks to her powers. This show is really charming, and the first couple episodes have a good mix of intrigue comedy, and action, as well as this horn-heavy soundtrack that reminds me of the 1930s gangster anime Bacano. This was one of the most hyped shows of the season, and I'm pleased to say that it is really good. And the next show that we're going to talk about is Deaimon, Recipe for Happiness. This show centers around a small family bakery, and the dynamics between the family's 
eldest child who has just returned from years away in the big city, and a young orphan girl who the family have taken in. Regrettably, our protagonist boy looks like the father of the girl who was abandoned, and I fucking swear this better not get weird. Anyway, Homeboy's big dark secret is that he squeezed too hard whenever he sees cute baked goods. He's also entirely shameless and dresses in a silly chestnut helmet while playing guitar and busking for the business. The show seems to be trying to juggle a found family dynamic with some melancholic slice of life thrown in. And the bakery environment reminds me of a handful of recent anime that seem to focus in on very niche industries or hobbies, like Super Cub that focused in on moped ownership, or Mug Cup that was based around ceramics. Though I suppose bakeries are a little less odd than some of those examples, like the family from March Comes In Like a Lion and the family from FLCL both run bakeries, but most of the charm of Daimon comes from the two lead characters trying and often struggling to understand each other's plight. They're at very different points in their lives and have very different anxieties about their current situation. Overall, this one didn't really suck me in like a lot of other series this season, but it also seemed pretty inoffensive and a good character exploration. So if you're into Slice of Life, maybe give it a go. It's not the most moe series, but it seems to care about characterization. And the next show that I'm going to talk about is A Couple of Cuckos. Well guys, we did it. We finally have Cucks, the anime. The two main characters were accidentally mixed up at birth, and for some reason, upon figuring this out, their parents were like, well, shit, let's just get these kids married to each other at 16, like you do. This is just breeding propaganda, isn't it? I've got a lot of mixed feelings about this one. In real life, me and uh, uh, my siblings are all adopted, and uh, meeting your biological parents is not, uh, in my experience, always is a good thing. Anyway, this show ends up being kind of like Nisekoi without the gangster elements. Our male protagonist and industry-mandated Kirito clone was raised by a poor family and gets good grades, knows how to take care of himself, run a household, whereas our female lead is a rich social media influencer and tsundere. To her credit, though, there's this great sequence where she is visiting the male lead house and very realistically does not understand how to exist in a poor person's apartment. It's like an animated version of that picture of Hillary Clinton where she's in a like normal apartment kitchen and looks existentially lost. So yeah, since the show reminds me so much of Nisei Koi, I'm obviously trash for it against my better judgment. And there is certainly stuff in here to not be thrilled with. Besides the usual tsundere violence, there's an accidental boob grab misunderstanding in literally the first five minutes, some casual blackmail, and a younger sister who seems to be very, very into her own chat. So yeah, if this is your thing, there's probably nothing I can do to dissuade you from being into this so hard. But if you're not into anime rom-coms, please run far, far away from 
this. I don't think it's headed good places. And I'm probably dumb enough to both fuck around and find out. Next up, we have Summertime Rendering, which I was pleasantly surprised to find out is essentially anime Twin Peaks. Ugh, this one gives me anxiety. Our main character returns to his hometown on an isolated island to attend the funeral service of his adopted sister. While reconnecting with the many familiar faces of his hometown, he's told the legend of a local cryptid that stalks and kills people before assuming their identities. And from there, it is on and popping. <clears throat> so, like, it's very hard to pull off good horror in anime. Super Eyepatch Wolf has a classic video essay on the subject. One of the key points he makes is that anime is a very pretty aesthetic, usually, and horror demands things to look unsettling. And so these two forces are at opposition with one another when trying to make a horror anime. But Summertime Render kind of just takes its own path here to success, because horror can also be achieved through editing. And this show will double and triple down on deciding what it wants to show you when. There is incredible tension going on here, and the ever-present threat of the unseen. They also use glitch edits in a lot of interesting and curious ways throughout. So far, they haven't really given an explanation for that, but it does give the show a distinct visual style. I also love that the show takes place in an isolated seaside location. Ever since I watched Suritama, I've been really into anime that get us the fuck away from the city, and this is especially good for the horror tension going on in this show, because not only is the town small enough that everybody knows each other, but the rest of the island is allowed to be this horrific playscape of opportunities. Now, from the way that I've been talking about this, hopefully you understand that, like, I've been really pulled in by this one. This is my show of the season. But there was definitely a rough start to this one. Almost immediately, there is a boob-groping misunderstanding, and also a really gross panty shot of the main character's younger sister. And the grossness of these moments is only amplified because we get to revisit them due to the cyclical nature of this show's storytelling. I've been dancing around what exactly the hook is going on here, and I'd like to leave that a secret for the uninitiated, but the way this story operates, there's a lot of events that we get repeat viewings of, and unfortunately these are two of them. Also, pretty sure Homeboy is in love with his adopted sister who is dead. Yikes, I hate it. But otherwise, if you want to see a well-done anime horror thriller that will keep throwing new twists at you, go check this one out. It's also gorgeously animated. Seriously, one of the better looking shows I've seen in a while. And with that, we're on to the last show I'm going to be covering today, which is Shikamori's Not Just Cute. This show centers around an already established couple comprised of basically the prettiest, coolest girl in school and a government-issued Kirito clone who suffers from the worst luck imaginable. Dude almost gets taken out by Truck-kun immediately in episode 
one, we are not fucking around here, folks. The universe wants him dead. And the only thing keeping him from entering the void is the constant diligence of his doting girlfriend. My fear with this show is that it's just going to devolve into the Simp Olympics, where like 40% of the show is just the two leads complimenting and thanking one another and just being oh so gooey. But not only do these characters already come in as a pre-packaged couple, they also actually have friends. They aren't fucking loners. It's amazing. They take their shitty friends to go bowling. And for that alone, I have to give it some praise. It just feels good to watch shitty teenagers hang out with their shitty teenage friends. That being said, it is a little boring after a while watching her constantly save her boyfriend's ass from all the Final Destination ass shit that has it out for him. But it's probably the best of the mid-tier anime that I watched this season. It's cute. And with that, I'm going to wrap this episode up. If you liked what you heard here, feel free to check out some of our past episodes. We've done a bunch of seasonal anime reviews over the years if you're looking for more recommendations. Links in the description for where to find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes. And as always, thanks for listening to my cruddy opinions.